When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Variety, celebrating more than 118 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. It's such a blessing that they feel so represented by it. So the amount of times I'll go and now, I feel like I, if there's a teacher within 10 blocks of me, I'm going to know about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're going to say something. And that's like, I didn't realize how, one, much this show resonated with them until going like kind of back out into the world. But then also how willing they are to like share that and to give kind of all of the love towards us. It's really been one of the more beautiful experiences of my career. Tyler James Williams has experienced several different kinds of fandom since childhood, starting with films like Unaccompanied Minors, and then his starring role in Everybody Hates Chris, and even a stint on The Walking Dead. But there's nothing that compares to the passionate audience of teachers who have gravitated toward his latest series, ABC's hit comedy, Abbott Elementary. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this episode of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, we talk to Abbott Elementary star Tyler James Williams about the show's resonance, his experience as a child actor, where his character's relationship with Quinta Brenton's character might be heading, and so much more. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. On ABC's Abbott Elementary, Tyler James Williams plays Gregory Eddy, an awkward young teacher who originally had his eye on the principal's gig at the school. But for now, he's teaching kids and slowly inching toward a relationship with Janine, the character played by Abbott Elementary executive producer Quinta Brunson. The show has especially resonated with teachers, and Williams tells Variety's Award Circuit podcast that he has also felt the importance of his character's portrayal as a young black man in this important profession. Gregory isn't prepared for that kind of attention, and that even becomes the basis of an episode this season, when Gregory gets a Teacher of the Year award that he doesn't feel he's qualified yet to get. But y'all can dip like guacamole. Come on now. There it is. Okay. The door is right down this hallway. I'm going to... Great, and we'll see you at the ceremony. Ceremony what? Well, there's a ceremony, of course. There's food, drinks, spoken word, poem, children's choir. From Abbott. Oh, God, I hope not. Oh, Bonus, we have one of your fellow teachers who's going to present the award to you herself. Hmm. Who are you talking about? Miss Shimenti, to deliver a, a speech about your outsized accomplishments, which I'm um, sure... Can we get another teacher to do it? Like, literally anybody else. Maybe I could even present it to myself. Attention, Abbott. After oh. school in the gym, we'll be having the Educator of the Year ceremony for the slim, the sensual, the strange, Gregory Eddy. He'll receive said award from everyone's favorite neighborhood Italian, Melissa Shimenti. Gabagoops! Lady 3 before 3 p.m., sponsored by Bonetown. Ow, ow. What the hell's going on? Melissa, I'm sorry, I had no idea. Okay, why me? So we like to have a diverse kaleidoscopic POV to bridge the gap between culture and education. What this white lady is saying is they want a white lady to do it because y'all been acting up this year. Yes, thank you so much. Tyler James Williams recently stopped by to talk about the show, including where things might be headed between Janine and Gregory and what he would like to see. 
He also admits that he avoids watching his TV shows past and present, and he talks about his relationship with his brothers, both of whom are also actors. But first, we began by noting it's clearly an unusual time in the business as the writer's strike is underway. This is the the first time I've kind of been around what's currently happening. Yeah. Um, I remember 2008 very clearly. Um, and the industry always finds a way to make it work. We yeah. always figure it out. It just can take some time. Um, but I'm not super concerned. Yeah, you were you were obviously a lot younger in, in 07, but still working. So yeah. what, what do you remember as sort of a, a young actor back then and, and how everything was kind of described to you? I remember how scary it felt for everybody because that one went on for a while and there were shows that when we came back to Paramount's lot, just didn't come back with us. And I didn't even realize that was a thing or a possibility. Um, and what I remember being explained to me, the word new media kept coming up a lot. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I'd ever heard that term and it was being thrown around, you know, left and right to cover all types of, um, all types of like genres of content. Um, so that was the, like the, 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 the big talk that I kept hearing about a lot and didn't fully understand it then. And now seeing where we are, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I see why it was such a conversation. Yeah. Um, because now so much falls under that umbrella. Um, and yeah, I remember becoming acutely aware that like, oh, the writers can like really shut the whole town down. Like nothing can happen if they don't do what they do. And I don't think I understood that to that extent before then. Yeah, yeah. And and cut to now, you're on a show where mm-hmm. the star of the show is also one of the creators, mm-hmm. a writer, and and so that's that's sort of an important part of, of yeah. Abbott. And, you know, there is this ongoing conversation, you know, how much, uh, you know, showrunner, everything they do is pretty much writing. Mm-hmm. And and what do you, what is your sense working on so many sets over the years mm-hmm. and watching showrunners and, and all the kind of different things that they do? I mean, I think a, a huge part of their job um, is writing. You know what I mean? The amount of times I've seen things get, you know, polished or rewritten last minute, you know, night befores or something like that that just wasn't working or or um, worked well on the table read, then we got there on the day, and then the showrunner just kind of has to dive in with the writer as well. And um, it's one of those jobs that kind of covers so much territory. It's hard to nail down, you know, what specific, um, not necessarily what specific guild it falls under, but it feels like it falls under s- several. Um so I mean, you know, I find showrunners right now in a they're in a you know a difficult position, and you know I think they want to support their writers and their writers' rooms for sure. Um, we just have to see how it again all shakes out. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like they were just going back to to work in the writers' room there. So yeah. have you all been in conversation, and and what's what's your sense on on what this means now for for you and your schedule? Um, well, I know that a lot of our writers' room is very active um, right now in the strike, and yeah. like I applaud them for that because it's 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 a difficult decision to make when you're on a show that's doing well, um, because you know that it could you know compromise just what the next season would look like, what the episode count looks like. You know, we still haven't heard anything um, outside of our our pickup um, as of yet, but we were talking about the strike toward the back end of season two. Mm-hmm. Um, so we knew it was coming. You know, we were we were prepared for it. Um, as of right now, 
we're not hearing anything has been moved one way or another. I think we're just waiting to see how long this goes and how much progress we make. Um, but as of right now, nothing has changed. Yeah, yeah. So when are you supposed to go back to work? Uh, we were supposed to go back, I believe, end of July. Um, so again, as yeah. of now, as of now, that's still yeah, it's still on the schedule. fine. But you know, we'll see how these these talks continue to go. So what's your plan for the summer? What uh, what what else are you doing this summer before you potentially go back to, to mm-hmm. work in July? Um, I have you know some 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 stuff that you'll probably be hearing about in the next mm. few weeks. Mm, or so. Okay. Um, that you know we were able to to kind of get done before everything, or before the strike yeah. and everything happened, like a film or um, yeah, it'll yeah. be a film. Um, you'll hear about it in a little All right. bit. Excited um, to hear. Yeah, <laughs> and um, you know I've, I've been doing these you know really nice um, teachers events and like you know kind of seeing going to these colleges as well and having those conversations. Um, and just hearing from the audience and kind of giving them some feedback based on, you know, how we're doing the show and how we're making it. That's been really fun over the, like, first yeah. year or two. People are really interested in how the show comes together. Uh, so it's been fun to kind of go around and speak and, um, you know, fill people in. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, so I had the privilege of getting to moderate you guys at the, the yeah. Paley Fest. Yeah. And, and uh, that was a great crowd. And, Such and a great crowd. So much of that crowd were teachers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, they really came out. This show has really moved them. It has, and I, I mean, it's it's such a blessing that they feel so represented by it. You know, I mean, you always want to get you know a large audience, but whenever you're talking about or doing a show about a particular group, whether or not they like it, it holds a little bit more importance. So the amount of times I'll go, and now I feel like I, if there's a teacher within. 10 blocks of me, I'm going to know about it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? They're going to say something. And that's like, I didn't realize how one much this show resonated with them until going like kind of back out into the world. But then also how willing they are to like share that and to give kind of all of the love towards us. Um, it's, it's really been one of the more beautiful experiences of my career, especially like specific fan bases. Yeah, yeah. And you've you've dealt with a lot of fan bases over the year. Yeah, I mean, you were on yeah. The Walking Dead. That, yeah, that is a fan base. That is a fan base. That is a like very very solid, strong, and dedicated fan base. And they they're also like really beautiful. But there's something about the teachers. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just something about them and them in this time, in the midst of all the conversations that's happening about them as well and and their their unions to feel seen and like this is something that can not only be fun for them to watch but therapeutic as well and teachers who have left the field and then are talking about how this is allowing them to process that time they were in the field better it's it's i never thought that we could have that much of an impact yeah and you've talked about this before too just Mm -hmm. the importance of your portrayal of a young black man Mm -hmm. as a teacher on this show has really resonated too right and uh you know do you feel the weight of that sort of importance and and then that symbolism a hundred percent um it's kind of in every every script that comes in every scene that we're breaking down i'm thinking about it um because i think you know you can't always choose we had an episode about this actually when you're recognized and by whom yeah but when you realize who that is there's a certain responsibility that comes with that yeah um and i think you know that was part of it was intentional that i wanted to do that on purpose but then when i saw the things that i didn't realize would be impactful be very impactful 
it then changed the way I looked at every little tiny thing because yeah. it may land differently. Yeah, that was a great episode because you're right. That That's an episode where Gregory's like, I don't deserve this. I'm right. a new teacher. I yeah. shouldn't be te- like yeah. teacher of the year. Right. And it took to the very end of the episode for everyone to say, listen, no, you don't deserve this. Right. But this is bigger than you. Then that's the thing that like when that episode came down, um, I remember Quinta had brought it up maybe two or three episodes. She was like, there's like a Gregory heavy episode that's coming. Um, and it's kind of about being in a moment before you feel like you're ready for that moment or that you've necessarily like earned that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was kind of in the middle of award season when this happened. Yeah. So it was actually really serendipitous because, you know, as a first season 13 episode show that kind of came in and we were dealing with the award season from that first season while still trying to you know solidify ourselves in the second um i think it just kind of resonated with all of us differently yeah um and i was really grateful grateful for that episode because i think it it allowed us to kind of settle into what our position was but then also give people something to look at with us and go yeah sometimes it's it's earlier than you think it would be but that's okay. You can't make that choice, but you still have to represent for those you have to represent for. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember. I, it's funny. I remember now Quinta at, at, at the end of season one saying, you know what? We don't need to win Best Comedy yeah. the first year out. As a matter of fact, we, that puts a target on our back. We talked about that extensively when those, you know, I think we were surprised by the amount of nominations that came in. Because, again, it's season one and it's only 13. Um we had a lot to establish. Usually you don't get something on an establishing season like that. Um, but I remember talking about, like, do we even want to win this? Right, <laughs> this right. Year? Because, you know, we haven't done a full 22. Yeah. And we, you know, everybody talks about that season two slump. And we're like, does that set the bar too high for us? Do we have room to still find ourselves if that's the case? Um, if anything, especially for the Emmys, when it didn't happen, we were, like, kind of relieved. Yeah. We were like, oh, okay, good. We're still, like, because season two hadn't even aired yet. Right, um, right. It's like you still got a couple of Emmys, so it's like, okay, we got. That's we got, fine. Yeah, that's fine. This is good. good. This is a good start. Good start. Yeah. Really good start, you guys. <laughs> well, take me to the Golden Globes. That Ooh. that was a party. Uh, was I kept a... I kept looking over. I was in the back. Oh, you know, okay. they, they put the press all the way in the back, got but it. I was kind of like looking uh-huh. and seeing like the the the. Abbott table was like the party table. Yeah, we always have a really good energy at these things. Yeah. I think you know because partially we're in the middle of filming our season so we're exhausted so we're a little delirious yeah. also is what's happening like we this all just got like we just got everything together to in order to make it um but i think we're just trying to have as much fun with it as possible and i'm like there's something really great about assuming you're not gonna win a category because you have a good time and you're just like i'm just happy to be here uh, the people who were in my category i was like there's no way in hell <laughs> i have a shot it's just not possible so I'm just gonna be here and I'm gonna have fun yeah. with you know my cast and that's it. Um, and then you know sometimes you get pleasantly surprised and it's even more beautiful than yeah. you thought. What do you remember from that moment? If you remember anything from that moment, it's all just like a big blur at this it, point. It, it, it is. It, it's like I remember it in, in stills. I remember hearing the first syllable of my name and putting my head down. And my first thought was, "You got to be kidding me." Um, I remember briefly hugging Quinta, but I remember hugging Janelle for a long time. <laughs> I remember like really hugging Janelle for a long time. Yeah. Um, 
I remember the walk and feeling like this walk is the longest walk I think I've ever taken in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, being really starstruck with Jennifer Coolidge, the closer I got to her was something I didn't expect to yeah. happen. Like the closer I got, I was like, holy shit, this is Jennifer Coolidge. Like, yeah. She's really, this is actually her. Um, and then just the 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 wrap it up sign flashing in your face. It starts flashing immediately. Right. I don't know how people stay up there and continue to talk through the music. I was trying to get out of there as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you acquitted yourself okay, though. Yeah, I feel like it was... that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's anxiety-inducing. If, if I have to be completely real with you, it's like I have... Uh, not full-fledged nightmares now, but just of that flashing in front of me. <laughs> it just wakes me up sometimes. But you got the hardware now, too. So. I do. I do. And it's nice. It's like every now and then I'll walk by it and be like, that really happened. Yeah. Um, that and the, uh, the the SAG. The SAG. Those two, they sit together. Yeah. Um, the SAG felt. There's something about being like recognized by other actors. Yeah. yeah. That one's just different. It just it just hits differently. Um that one will if i look at it too long it'll i get a little emotional yeah yeah and that one's like that's like a weapon right <laughs> the, the actor like that thing is huge okay, and heavy and... it is huge it's heavy um that night we were trying to figure out what the best way is to hold it um and we kind of all came to the fact just like right on the, the the put your thumb on the crest of his ass if you put it right <laughs> there it's for like maximum stability. Yeah. Um, because he is he, she, they are heavy. Yeah. Um, very, very heavy. Um, but it's it's the fact that there's you sit in that room and you look at all the actors who you've watched for the entirety of your life, not just your career, and then you realize that they may have seen something that you did and it's overwhelming. And then let alone that they may have liked something that you did. Yeah. Again, I, I can't think about it too frequently because it's a it's a it's it's a little much. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were you were someone who is used to this twenty two episode season. You know you know how it goes. So, yeah. so even now in this day and age where there are so few shows doing it, uh, is is that something that sort of just comes naturally to you, or are you still sort of exhausted by the end of doing a, a full traditional broadcast season? Both. I'm exhausted, but that's the point. Like that to me, the 22 episode season is when you're really testing one, your show's legs and how far they can go and how much story you can get out of this and the stamina of your cast, uh, particularly, you know, when you do a comedy where it's like these jokes have to hit every scene, every episode. Um, to maintain, I love being exhausted at the end of a 22 season because it f- it feels like we did the hard part. Yeah, that the back nine was the hardest part, and we did it and we were able to execute it um, well. I like doing things because they're hard, because um, that's where I feel like you know you get stretched as an artist the most. Um, so it's where I'm comfortable because of how exhausting it is. Yeah, it, ma- it feels like. I went to work. Yeah, and it, it's it's a nice when you watch a show like Abbott too. It's a nice reminder that these longer seasons, you really get to know these characters. Mm-hmm. You really you get to sort of breathe with them. You don't have to constantly rush. Some yeah. episodes can be about not much at all, but just you know what's you know an average day uh, at the school, and 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 it's uh, you really earn 
those moments then when you do have those big moments because they yeah. feel like they're they're more monumental when they happen. It's so, and it also for from an audience perspective, it takes place over the course of their year. You know what I mean? They're not sitting down and you know binging it in a weekend. They feel like these people are people that they're seeing in their homes every day for the better part of you know six months. Um, so it doesn't feel as rushed. It doesn't feel as forced. There's not things that we have to justify in like hard turns. Um, and I think it just makes for a not necessarily better, but different viewing experience. Um, and why I think you know network TV specifically has a way to sit with people for longer periods of time because it was years of your life that you grew with yeah. these people. Yeah. Do you ever go back and watch old Everybody Hates Chris episodes? I don't ever go back and watch old Abbott Elementary episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, like, you're, you're looking forward. I, yeah, <laughs> I can't do because what will end up happening is I'll see something and I'll be having a good time, and then they'll see one thing I don't like, and I'm I just spiral out of control. Um, I uh, unfortunately I'm not one of those people who can really do that too frequently. Um, yeah, well, and I, everybody hates Chris Era. Doesn't even feel it's weird how foreign it feels now. Yeah, I feel like I watch it, and it's, it's I'm almost watching a different, a different person, and I have to remind myself yeah. that it's me. Because, because I mean, it was you grew up. It's the cliche, but it's true. Yeah. You grew up in front of America. Yeah, and for most people, that would be a mind fuck that they could never get over. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think I'm still most people in that situation. <laughs> I think I've like gotten better at you know coping with it but it's still weird like it's it's very strange to see things that'll pop across my timeline or in like my youtube algorithm by accident and i'm just like who is that child i'm aware that that child is me but who is that child mm -hmm. um i think i have a unique experience of it's like going to your mom's house and accidentally flipping through your childhood book randomly yeah just it's just pictures of it it's all over the place um but you know, it's it's my unique experience. Yeah, yeah, and and it, it is something that you know you also share with your family. Yeah, and and you know this is, you all seem to be doing okay. Yeah, yeah, we're doing we're doing pretty well. Um, you know, I great, it's great that my brothers also have the same story because we can talk about it together. Yeah. Um, they'll have it also with me that they'll just be doing things and then randomly I'll just pop up in something and they're like, I just wasn't trying to see you right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was doing my own thing and here you are just being outside. Um, but you know, it's, it's our weird family dynamic. So much of our childhood was on television and yeah. that's just, we don't know anything else. And then even now, are you all sort of watching each other's shows? Are you sort of, hundred you know, percent? I think we're each other's biggest fans. Um, because we we see the the our progression as artists over time. So like my brothers are doing music really heavily now, and I can hear from like their latest single something that I knew my brother was ruminating on six months ago, mm -hmm. and then I can see it like actually come to fruition and go, that's crazy that that's what that connected to. And same thing for, um. I remember my middle brother had said it when Abbott came out because I was talking about just ways to do network comedies and do them differently. Um, and then when he actually saw it, he was like, it, it's crazy that you figured that thing out that you were thinking about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're each other's, you know, first line of support in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. 
No, it's great, and biggest fans, and the fact that you're all doing it so so well right now mm. is is also Thank rare. You. So there doesn't have to be that sibling jealousy, or there's still no. there's still sibling jealousy, right? Not not really. No? I mean, because like my middle brother is currently on Party Down. Yes, he's fantastic in that. He's so so good in in that. Um, but a lot of our camera crew from Abbott Elementary did party down. Oh, really? That's that's our whole DP and camera department. Um, so I'm happy that they're working with him, and they see that we have two completely different styles of work. Yeah. It's not like you're getting a younger version of the other one. At this point, he's found a way to carve out his own unique, particularly with comedy style, and he, no one can make me laugh like my middle brother. Yeah. I have a high bar, you know. Not you're not just gonna get a laugh out of me. He can I'll wheeze on the floor, telling him to stop because I find him funny in a uniquely different way than my baby brother or than myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so there isn't really jealousy. I think we all do different things well. Yeah, yeah. I like one of my. I have two people that I want to eventually um, lose either an Emmy or a Globe to. One is Chris Perfetti, <laughs> and the other one is my brother. Yeah, um, that would be an ideal world for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, technically, you're both like competing in the same supporting I'd actor love, category. I, nothing would make me happier. Like that would be like because uh, like it's already something when it's your peers and you respect everybody, but when you respect people and you know their process and you see their work, it makes it different. Um, It makes it almost like something, a win for you as well Um, to be held to a standard that is somebody that you so closely work with and respect Um, that day. I hope, I I hope that I get a chance after this is all said and done um, to have both of those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you heard it, Academy. Make it happen. Please. Make it happen. Please, please, (laughs) please. So we talked a little bit at uh, the panel about uh, sort of uh, the the fans and and how much they want this Janine-Gregory relationship Mm -hmm. to to happen. Um, Where do you stand on on shipping that uh, relationship? Um, I go back and forth. I really go back and forth. there's so much of their work relationship that I really love. And we all know that with romantic and work relationships, there comes conflict. And I like the purity of the work relationship. Yeah. But, like, obviously the romantic side is there. Um, but then for me, also, there's Tariq, and I really like him. I find him to be a good time. Tariq really, like, <laughs> acquitted himself this year. I he, mean, he really he did. He saved the day. He is a good guy at heart. He's just not very self-aware. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I feel like we missed out on in Abbott is seeing the tail end of Tariq and Janine's relationship. I want the prequel that is them yeah. starting to be together. I want to see them when it's great. Um, so part of me is like, I want to maybe, maybe Janine Tariq round two is where, yeah. where we go with or it. Or flashback episode. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like they had a really funny meet cute and like, I would love to, I wonder what Quinta's like idea of how they got together was. I don't think I've ever asked her that, but maybe you can of like, what was, what was the meet cute between Janine and Tariq? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's funny when I think also now of uh, and maybe it's because I was just watching the uh, uh, 
NBA playoffs yesterday, mm-hmm. but I can't not see Quinta in that. James Harden. James Harden. That's every time I see him, that's what I see now. Yeah, every, right? Every single Watching time. that game, and the entire game, I'm just thinking of Quinta in that beard. Yeah, I'm imagining they're doing the step back. I imagine they're hitting <laughs> the clutch shots. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it's completely changed that. And I hope, I really do hope we can pull it home for Philly. I I, I really do. Um, I'm I'm a New Yorker, and they're playing, you know, I'm the Knicks are good. I would like to see the Knicks do well. But for Philly, the Sixers have a shot, and I really hope that they can pull it home. Yeah, and maybe, maybe that could then play into next season. Right. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a lot to play with there. Um, we didn't quite get it done with the Eagles, um, but hopefully hopefully the Sixers can do it. <laughs> and that's a lot coming from a Knicks fan. Like That's, that's a lot. I was going to say, you didn't grow up in – Philadelphia. No, no, I like didn't. That. But now I feel like an honorary Philadelphian. Um, when we went for the finale, um, seeing the way the city interacted with production and seeing the way the city interacted with Quinta, it was like, you know, with New York, there's so many different people who are from New York that, like, you know, New York isn't that grateful anymore. It's like, we made you, you didn't right. make us. Um, but Philly's having such a moment with this show to watch how they appreciate her and the show and protect it. I feel like I, I kind of have to root for Philly. Yeah. No, it's been kind of a love letter for, it has. for Philly. It I has. mean, gritty yeah. being there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's, very, it's a very Philadelphian show, as I've figured out over time. Um, there are certain things that are very specifically Philadelphia that other people will, like, laugh at, but, like, Philadelphians will get in a completely different way. Um, and it wasn't until I went there that I, like, really got it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that that's great. I've I've never been, so this is like probably the most like besides that and, and Rocky. The, yeah, the, the most I they, know about Philadelphia. But they're 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 very into it, and she's really putting on um, for her city. She's going to be a Philly legend till the day she dies. So, what are your burning questions for uh, the the showrunners and and Quinta uh, <laughs> for for season three? Ooh, one of my questions. Um, I, there's so many different ways people can uh, go through a process rejection. That's my first and foremost one is like specifically how is Gregory processing rejection? Mm-hmm. Um, because when I'm sitting there looking at script, I'm thinking we shot that, by the way, the last scene, we shot it like six different ways. Um, I still have not seen the episode, so I don't know which one they picked. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, I'm curious to see in what direction are, are is it heading. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the biggest question yeah. for me. That's, that's really it is like, you know, every character and every person is going to process rejection differently. How does he handle it? Yeah, yeah. And long term, I mean, do you think – Gregory gets a shot at being the the, the principal, or what, what would that mean to mix up that dynamic? Is, is that... Part of me would like to see it, but then also I think that's kind of where the show um, would either need to reinvent or ends. Mm-hmm. I think we're a show that romanticizes the journey to things, right? The journey to Janine and Gregory, whatever that may be. Um, The journey to Gregory finding his way into the principal position, if that's even what he still wants at this point. Um, So I'm not in any rush to get there because then we would have to create something else 
for him to 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 kind of to drive at, which I'm open to, but I also really like our current world. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no rush. Don't yeah. don't don't mess things up. Just no, yet. no, no, no. Nice and slow. That's why we have the 22. Yeah, let's low keep, and slow. Keep enjoying the ride while we exactly. can. Exactly. Well, Tyler, exactly. it seems like you're enjoying the ride. I am, man. I'm 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 having fun with this one. Um, very rarely. Do you get a show that, you know, fresh out the gate does well and is well received? Um, And I was actually just, you know, doing a, I think, a roundtable yesterday talking about how you can spend so much of the time on the show scared that the show is going to fall apart at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the majority of actors' lives. Um, I'm trying to make the choice for this one to just enjoy it step by step, not think too far ahead, take the moments as they come and be as present as possible. Um, so I'm just happy to be here right now. That's Tyler James Williams, one of the stars of ABC's Abbott Elementary. I've got bad news for Williams. After we taped this interview, the 76ers were eliminated from the NBA playoffs, but you can still catch up on past episodes of Abbott Elementary, now streaming on Hulu. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest awards predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Take, Emily Longretta and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you on the circuit. <laughs>